Likutei Sichais, Chelek Tezayin, Volume 16, the second Sicha for Parsha's Boy. This is Halachic Analysis regarding the Mitzvah of the offering of the Korban Pesach, the two components of that Mitzvah, namely the actual offering of it, which is the slaughtering of it during the day, the Eve of Pesach, the Eve of Passover, the 14th of Nisan, and the consumption of it on the night of Pesach, on the night of the 15th of Nisan. At the end of the Sicha, the Rebbe will explain the backstory, so to speak, of the Halacha by a subteric means. In other words, according to Hasidic perspective, will give us a better appreciation as to why the Halacha is the way it is. In order to better flow through the Sicha, it's worth uh, prefacing with the following few points. Number one, as I mentioned, the offering of the Korban Pesach is on the actual day of the afternoon of the 14th of Nisan. The consumption of it is at the night, the time that the Jews awaited and actually exited uh, Egypt. That's the night and the early morning of the 15th. Corresponding to this time, exactly a month later, there is a makeup date. That is the Pesach Sheni, the second Passover, which is the 14th of Iyar, exactly a month later, for one who for whatever reason could not offer it or did not offer it on the first opportunity, the, the regular time, the time that is allotted for everyone, that individual could offer it on the 14th and consume it on the night of the 15th, corresponding to the night of Passover. Now, when it comes to slaughtering the Korban Pesach, we know the Torah says, the Torah mandates that there has to be minuyim. Minuyim means that there has to be registered, a registration, that any person, in order to be part of that Korban Pesach, has to be registered on the Korban Pesach. Now, how do you register? Well, there has to be at least a kazayit, which is a minimal amount of food, a minimal amount of uh, consumption means, there has to be at least a kazayit's worth of fle- of meat for you to be able to consume in order for you to be counted. Case in point, what happens if, let's say, too many people registered for the same little lamb, only those that reach the quota, that reach the 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 threshold, of the amount of flesh that's there available, practically speaking, that there should be a kazayat fish, only they can actually be counted as if they had offered the Korban Pesach. Those who exceed that amount, they will have to now either quickly go and offer another Korban Pesach, another Passover offering, or they'll have to make it up on the Pesach Sheni. Now there's another mitzvah associated with this, and that is the mitzvah of chanting the Halil. The Halil is a special uh, verses, special par- uh, chapters of praise. It's actually in the uh, book of Psalms, but it's, it's a special uh, uh, song of praise for Hashem for the various miracles, beginning with the creation of the world and all the miracles He's done for, and does for the Jewish people. And this has to be chanted, has to be recited, a while offering the Korban Pesach, which is the time of the slaughtering, and at night during the consumption of the Korban Pesach, and which we do during the Seder table. At the Seder, we actually recite the Hallel in the Haggadah, half before the meal, half after the meal, after we eat Afikoman. And likewise, those who bake matzah on the afternoon of the eve of Pesach, which is considered to be something very special, also recite the Hallel 
corresponding to this, uh, commemorating this idea of having chanted a hollow during the offering of Pesach. So let's go into the actual Sikha. We all know that there is a tradition, which is an established fact, that the Torah, meaning the Jewish people, have 613 mitzvot. Exactly 613 mitzvot. Now, when you look in the Torah, there are so many do's and don'ts that the question becomes, what qualifies as a mitzvah? That, that's where the codifiers of the 613 mitzvot come in. In other words, there are certain rules, there are certain klalim by which it is decided. And typically, there's a consensus amongst everyone. Most of the mitzvot are kind of like very, very obvious and very, so to speak, like slam dunk. Everybody agrees that those are mitzvot that are in the count of the 613 mitzvot, which divide into the positive commandments and the 248 positive commandments and the 365 negative commandments. However, there are some variations amongst the codifiers of the mitzvot, because depending on their klalim, on their rules, the way they approach the matter. Thus, you have sometimes a discrepancy, what is or is not counted as a mitzvah, as one of these 630 mitzvot. Now, one of the rules that the Rambam, Maimonides, lists as his criteria for what he counts in his Sefer HaMitzvot, literally the book of mitzvot, the book of commandments, where he enumerates the 613 commandments, is that if you have a mitzvah that has various components, and without fulfilling one component, a latter component, let's say, of the mitzvah, you have not entirely fulfilled the mitzvah, or it actually compromises the entirety of the mitzvah, then those two components, even though they seem to appear as two separate commandments, yet they're both counted as one. In other words, if you cannot fulfill the entirety of the mitzvah without doing the second phase, or the, what seems to be a separate phase, then they both come together and serve as one mitzvah. So let's take a look into our parsha. In our parsha, in chapter 12, in chapter 12, verse 3, Yev, it says over there, on the 10th of the month, they should all take a lamb, bring it to the house, and it should all be counted, as I said, registered on it. And then in verse 6 through 8, it describes what has to be done on the 14th of Nisan. And that is, that on the 14th of Nisan, it has to be slaughtered. All It says, quote, In the afternoon, all the entire congregation of the Jewish people shall slaughter it. And then it continues and it tells us that on the night of the 15th, on this night, they shall eat the flesh, and they should only eat it roasted, and it should be eaten with matzah, and with bitter herbs, and so on, giving us all the details of how it should be eaten. So when you look, however, in the Rambam, when you look at Maimonides, these two commandments of slaughtering it, and of eating it, the Rambam actually counts as two separate positive commandments. He tells us as a commandment of slaughtering it on the 14th, on the afternoon of the 14th, that is, and then there is the commandment of consuming it on the night of the 15th together with matzah and bitter herbs. But it would seem, according to the rule that I, of the above mentioned rule, that it would seem that the Ramam himself should hold that these two mitzvot, being that they're both two components of one mitzvah, essentially, you slaughter it in order to eat it, it should be that they should both actually be one mitzvah, not two separate mitzvot. 
Now let's take this a step further. Remember I mentioned in the introduction that in order for one to be registered on the, on the, on the Korban Pesach, and it should be counted for him as if he had done the mitzvah, even though in actuality he has not consumed it, for whatever reason came the night of Pesach, and this person for whatever reason was a no-show, or could not eat from it, somehow something went wrong, he wasn't up to it and he didn't eat it. The question is, has he fulfilled his obligation of offering the Korban Pesach, of offering the Passover offering? The answer is yes, if at the time that they slaughtered it, at the time that he was registered for it, and they slaughtered it, there was potentially enough, at least of a minimum amount, of a kazayit worth of meat for him to consume. Remember, if too many people register for it, then those who exceed that amount, they are not counted, even though the thing was slaughtered. Even if later they came and they actually ate from it, but since at the time of slaughtering, there wasn't potentially anything for them to be eaten, anything for them to eat, there wasn't enough for them to eat at least a minimum amount of a kazayit, then they are not counted on it. So we see that the slaughtering is so very much connected to the eating. So the question becomes, why does the Rambam enumerate it as two separate mitzvot when it would seem that according to the Rambam's own rule, it should be both counted as one? Now the son of the Rambam, Rabbi Avram ben, My- ben Moshe, Rabbi Avram ben Moshe, the son of the Rambam, he answers this question. And he says that since these two mitzvot come at two separate times, two varying times, one, as I mentioned, was in on the 14th, and the other one is on the very next day, because remember the Jewish calendar begins at night. The night of Pesach, the night of the 15th. Therefore, it is two separate, it is two separate, um, two separate uh, mitzvot. Another reason he gives is because the slaughtering of the Korban Pesach is actually connected to a very, very harsh punishment, the punishment of karet. God forbid if one does not do, it's one of the only positive commandments, that if one does not fulfill it, one is actually liable to be punished with karet, which is a form of death coming from heaven. Now, he he says that since the slaughtering of the Pesach is (coughs) tied in with such a harsh punishment, but the consumption of 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 the Passover uh, offering, even though it's an imperative, but still, if for whatever reason one did not consume it, one is not held accountable to the extent of being punished. And therefore, there are two separate categories. Now, this seems to be, you know, taking care of the problem. This seems to explain, to answer why they're counted as two separate mitzvot, according to the Rambam, who himself maintains that if two components of the same mitzvah usually bring them together and they're counted as one. It seems to be answered. However, the Rebbe says one second. The Rebbe, however, does not accept this so quickly, does not accept it at face value. He says it requires a little more in-depth analysis, a little more, uh, so to speak, inspection. You see, it's true that in actuality, the eating of the Pesach does not, does not, disqualify or qualify this slaughtering because like we mentioned if for whatever reason somebody doesn't eat the carbon pesach it does not take away from the fact that he has been part of the carbon pesach and therefore if it was slaughtered for him on his behalf because he was registered for it at the time of the slaughtering he was registered for it um, then it's counted for him says the rebbe that's true 
But in actuality, the fact is that the purpose of the slaughtering is the consumption. In other words, you cannot ignore, you cannot run away from the fact that when the Pesach is being slaughtered, when it's being offered on the fourth thing, it's being offered for the purpose and for the exclusive purpose, unlike any other offering, by the way, unlike any other korban, it's being offered for the exclusive purpose and objective of being consumed. So how can we separate the two? That's number one. Another question is, the fact that the son of the Rambam, Rabbi Avram, makes the argument that since they come at two different times, therefore they are counted as two separate mitzvot, also is questionable. Why, says the Rebbe? Because, you see, we do find a precedent for that. We do find other mitzvot that come at two very separate times of the day, and yet they come together and they're both counted as one. A good classical example for it is, we know there's an obligation to read the Shema in the evening, and then there's an obligation to read the Shema in the morning. These are two separate times. And yet, even though they're two separate times, the Ramam himself counts both. The recital of the Shema in the evening and the recital of the Shema in the morning as one mitzvah. And therefore the question is, again, why and how is it possible that the Ramam counts it as two separate mitzvot? So the Rebbe says, in order to understand this, in order to answer this, we'll ask yet one more question. We find, for example, when it comes to the typical offering, meaning, let's take, for example, the common offering, the karban chatat, the sin offering. There, the Rambam enumerates the mitzvah of offering the korban chatat, which is a mitzvah in itself, the slaughtering of it, and then the mitzvah of consumption of the korban chatat, which part of it has to get consumed by the kohanim, part of it has to get consumed by the person offering it. The consumption of it, the Rambam doesn't enumerate as an individual mitzvah, but rather part of the general mitzvah of the consumption of the kochim, meaning of the various holy foods in the holy temple which need to be consumed. So the question asks the Rebbe is, why didn't the Rambam include the consumption of the Korban Pesach, of the Passover offering, as part of the general mitzvah of consuming any and all korbanot, all the offerings that need to be consumed. consumed. Why didn't he just do that? And the answer is obvious. Because we find that the Torah itself made the eating, the consumption of the korban Pesach, something very unique, something very special. In other words, the Torah itself allots to the eating of the Korban Pesach, to the mitzvah of consuming the Korban Pesach, some very, very special and unique details. As we mentioned above, for example, the idea that it can only be uh, prepared in a certain way, it cannot be cooked and it cannot be roasted in a certain way, it has to be roasted on an open fire only, and it, only, and it has to be eaten specifically with matzah, and it has to be eaten specifically with the bitter herbs. In other words, this does not qualify as part of the general mitzvah of consuming kochim, of consuming the holy foods, namely the the, the various offerings. This we see from the Torah is something very, very unique. 
And even as, as that's how the Rambam presents it, that the, since there's so many different details that the Torah allots to the eating, to the consumption of the Korban Pesach, this gives us an idea, this tells us that this is a unique eating. This is a unique and special and exclusive mitzvah in itself. To put it in other words, the consumption of, let's say, the sin offering is not a separate mitzvah in itself, it's just an extension or a continuation, a conclusion, if I may, of the mitzvah of offering it. It just, cons- it just concludes the offering of the, of the uh, korban chatat, of the sin offering. Whereas in the consumption of the korban pesach, it's obvious in the Torah that the Torah itself makes this eating of the korban pesach, the consumption of this Passover offering, something special, something unique, something exclusive. And that is what leads us to the, to the conclusion. And that's what led the Rambam to the conclusion that these are two separate mitzvot. There's the mitzvah of offering the Korban Pesach. True, it's qualified. And especially the registers, the registered people to it are qualified by the fact that they could potentially eat from it. That's true, but that's only a, just a detail in the qualification and criteria of it. But then there is the mitzvah of consuming it, which the Torah turns into a special, unique, exclusive thing. And here we comes to another very interesting point. We find a similar thing, a similarity, a parallel to this, when it comes to the month later, to the make of Korban Pesach. When it comes to the Pesach Sheni, we find the same thing, that there, the Rambam again, once again, enumerates the mitzvah of offering the Korban Pesach on the 14th of Iyar, the Pesach Sheni that is, the second Passover offering, the makeup one, and then the consumption of it on the night of the 15th year, once again, he offers it as two separate mitzvot, as the mitzvah of offering it and the mitzvah of consuming it. And again, why is this so? Because, because the, the, um, the Torah itself makes that distinction. The Torah itself takes the consumption of the Pesach, even the Pesach Sheni, and makes it and describes it as a separate, special event. We're all that's attached to it, we're all the details. So it cannot just be part of the general, you know, mitzvah of consumption of sacrifices, or just as another detail in the offering of it. It seems clear from the Torah, and that this is something unique, something special. And this is what the son of the Rambam was referring to. This is what he meant, that it comes at a separate time. It's a whole separate category. It's a whole separate thing. It's a whole unique thing in itself. However, there's something very interesting that we do find. And here, there is a distinction between the first offering, that that is the regular Korban Pesach, and the makeup one, the Pesach Sheni. If you remember in the introduction, we mentioned that the Hallel needs to be recited while offering the, the Korban, while sacrificing it, and while consuming it, as we do at the night of Pesach. But it's something very interesting. When it comes to the first Korban Pesach, we know that during the Shechita, during the slaughtering of it, the Levites would chant the Hallel and the Beis HaMikdash, as described in the Mishnah. And then at night, while consuming it, there was an obligation 
to, alongside with the consumption, alongside with the meal, to recite the halal. But when it comes to Pesach Sheni, when the Ramam describes, the, when the, the Talmud describes the second Pesach, the Talmud says that if one did not read the halal while consuming the Pesach Sheni, while consuming the second Passover offering, that's the night of the 15th of year, then it's okay. And the Talmud relies heavily on a verse in Isaiah that says, Hashir Yelechem which basically implies that this quote, the song will be to you on the night that the, that the festival becomes holy, meaning on the night of the celebration of the festival. What comes out of this? That when it comes to the first and the, the regular Passover offering, not reciting the Hallel can actually be extremely problematic. It can actually almost even perhaps render the whole occasion unfit. Whereas to the second night, the second Passover offering, of course it's <clears throat> ideal to recite the halal. But what the Talmud is saying is that if you do not recite the halal, then it's also fine. Why the difference? The answer is because, you see, let's understand. The offering of the Passover offering, meaning the actual time of slaughtering, isn't in, in itself inherently a day of Chag, it's not a festive day. It just becomes a festive day due to the slaughtering of the Passover offering. In other words, by virtue of the offering being taking place on that day, on the afternoon of the 14th, the 14th becomes a Chag. It becomes a festive time. Thus, the imperative to recite the Hallel. And this applies to the first offering, the common offering, and then even later to the 14th of Iyar, to the makeup offering. Because again, by virtue of the fact that you're offering it, you must recite the Hallel. This is a time of festivity. This is a time of giving thanks to Hashem. Whereas when consuming the Pesach offering, the night of Pesach, the reason why we're reciting the Hallel is not because of the consumption of the Korban Pesach. In other words, it's not exclusively because of that. It's because it is actually a festival. This is a night that is holy. This is a night that's celebrative. This is a night that is unique in the fact that a special miracle took place at this night, thus imposing on us the need, the privilege of saying thanks to Hashem. Whereas on the night of the Pesach Sheni on the night of the fifteenth of year, if one should 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 be eating then the Korban Pesach because he's making it up, this is not a festive night, and the actual eating of the of the Korban not necessarily does not constitute and change the the quality of the day and turn it into a festival. And therefore, if you did not, if you did not recite the Hallel, it's also okay. Now, to understand all of this more esoterically. In other words, we just described the halacha, we just explained what and why, legally speaking. Let's understand it a little deeper now. So the Rebbe explains that we see throughout and in all aspects of Judaism that Yitzias Mitzrayim, the exodus from Egypt, plays a very vital, fundamental role in the life of a Jew. Everything is about the exodus of Egypt. Everything is about remembering the exodus of Egypt. In other words, what happened by Yitzhiya Mitzrayim 
is so fundamental to the life of a Jew that it attaches to everything we do, everything we are. Why is that? We see that in the book of Yechezkel, the prophet Yechezkel refers to the exodus of Egypt as the birth of Am Yisrael. This is our birth. This is where we come from. This is what we're all about. And it makes sense because what happened at the night of the exodus is that we ceased being slaves, servants of Pharaoh, and we became forever servants of Hashem. And therefore, it follows that all the details surrounding the celebration, all the details that take place, all the details of what we do, all the aspects of the observances have a very, and play a very fundamental role in the Jew's life. And let's understand, let's see what it is. What are the two major things, as we mentioned? There's the offering, the slaughtering of the Korban Pesach, and then there is the consumption. What is what is what is the offering the korban pesach represent? So we know when Hashem said to them, Mishchu If you remember, we quoted the verse where Hashem says, "Draw your hands away and take for you sheep." What does it mean? Draw your hands. What does it mean? Pull. What does it mean? Take away. What it means is, as the sages tell us, is remove your hands from idol worship, draw away from idolatry, and take the symbol of idolatry of the Egyptians, and that is what you're going to slaughter. In other words, slaughtering the lamb, slaughtering the Korban Pesach represents the Jew going on misirut nefesh, on self-sacrifice, selflessly going against the Avodah Zorah, going against the idolatry, and showing that he has no part of it, and he's not afraid to stand up against it. That is the shechita, that is the slaughtering. What is the consumption of the Korban Pesach? What does that represent? The idea that one has to absorb it. It should not remain superficial. One has to internalize it. One has to bring it into themselves and it should become, as food becomes, part of your flesh and blood, part of your entire being. That every aspect of you, every detail of you, should be inspired, should be infused with this idea of self-sacrifice, of being detached from idolatry and being connected to Hashem. So this is so fundamental, and this is, by the way, why we find, the only mitzvah in the Torah we find, that Jews should come and complain, the individuals who were not able to partake in this mitzvah the very first time around, that they should come and complain and say, why should we be left out? We don't find this by any other mitzvah. In other words, this concept of Pesach Sheni, of having a makeup time does not exist in any whatsoever mitzvah. In fact, we know most mitzvot, in fact, no matter how fundamental they are, once you missed out the opportunity, it's lost. If you one missed out filling, if one missed out saying Shema, it's gone. It's gone forever, that opportunity. Here the Torah lets you make it up because this is so fundamental. This is not this is not something that a Jew can do without. However, when it comes to reciting the halal, that is more connected to the sanctity of the day. That is not so much fundamental, so to speak, in the actual life of the person. That is the object. That is the life of the day. That is the importance of the day, the quality of the day. And therefore, there is a distinction between the first Pesach and the second Pesach, because the second Pesach is not a festival. And therefore, you don't have to recite that. If you didn't, you didn't. It's fine. But the first one you do, because it's not about the eating it's of the Pesach, but rather it's about the time in which you eat it. And this explains to us, you know, what this mitzvah is all about, 
and how special it is, how important it is, and how it plays a role in the life of every Jew.